Despite all they may have lost over the course of this offseason, the New Orleans Saints defense looks like it's going to be better in 2023 than we saw last season. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all your everydayers out there. Make a Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And of course, as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints, take part in uh, our Q&As, our exclusive film studies, and much more. And of course, be a part of a community that I would love for you to be a part of. On to, oh, as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me uh, every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Okay, now, on today's episode, we are here in Orange County down in Costa Mesa for the Saints and Chargers joint practices. We're going to discuss a bunch about joint practices today, including the Saints looking like they're getting back on track in terms of their health, although we don't want to speak too soon. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, all ball out or both of them balling out while the New Orleans Saints offense has its ups and downs. And to lead us all off, the New Orleans Saints defense just displayed a bunch of dominance against a very, very good, young, athletic, skilled, even veteran, right? I called them young, but they've got some veteran players as well, uh, offense in the Los Angeles Chargers. So what did we see from the New Orleans Saints defense today? So the kind of 50,000 foot view, right, is that we saw two takeaways for the Saints defense. We also saw them push the uh the 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 chargers off of the field on a situational um you know on a situational uh red zone or or goal line type situation uh we also saw a uh missed field goal by the uh by the the Los Angeles Chargers that would have been the end of a drive and would have been a scoreless drive so we saw some really really good things in the New Orleans Saints defense uh see somebody in the chat saying keeping it keep it real Ross that's what I'm here to do the Saints defense did a great job in terms of standing up against a very talented Los Angeles Chargers offense that features guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, uh, Joshua Palmer, somebody that I really liked, skillful tight ends as well, a great running back and Austin Eckler. And I'll tell you, the thing that the Chargers just couldn't seem to do more than anything else is run the ball. And that's a good sign, right? The Saints defense last year with guys that we thought were going to be big losses for them over the course of this offseason. David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Contavia Street, they were 24th ranked in the NFL in run defense last year. So far, over the course of training camp, the Saints offense has had trouble running the ball. The Chiefs had some trouble running the ball in the preseason against the first unit, of course, uh, or against the fir- yeah, first unit for those couple of drives. Uh, we watched the Chargers joint practices here, them not be able to find any space. There's just no room to run right now against this New Orleans Saints defense. 
And I think that's the thing that ends up taking them from being a good defense from last year to being a great defense here in 2023, or at least that's the signs that we're seeing so far. Uh, Let me tell you about a couple of takeaways that we saw. We had the forced fumble, which was either forced by Marshawn Lattimore or Nephi Sewell on a run by Josh Kelly to the left sideline. Both of the players back in the uh, backfield making the play. The ball pops out. Marshawn Lattimore scoops and scores with it. So that would have been a touchdown for the New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, Later on, we watched Easton Stick for the second team defense get sacked or what would have been a sack by Isaiah Foskey, who had a big time rush with speed around that left sideline or around that left uh, tackle, rather. Um, Seeing Isaiah Foskey rush from the Cam Jordan side is something we've seen a little bit of, and really a lot of over the course of the preseason game, a little bit of throughout training camp, but it was a big old, you know, play by him over there coming from that backside and the blind side, which would have been a sack. They ended up playing through that play, despite the fact that it would have been a sack and uh, Easton stick targeted a running back out of the backfield over on the left sideline, DeMarco Jackson in good coverage, able to go up and make the contested interception against the running back that was coming out of the backfield as well. So you got a Foskey sighting there. We got a DeMarco Jackson interception, a guy that's kind of fighting to keep the role that he was fighting for at the beginning of the season, especially now with Jalen Smith, the veteran linebacker in town. So you like seeing these guys show up. Um, You had another couple of great plays, uh, a, a leaping or, or rather diving pass breakup by, uh, by Marshawn Lattimore when matched up with Keenan Allen. Basically, the footnote that I would use when it came to the Saints passing defense is simple. Uh, any pass that went to Keenan, Keenan Allen within 10 yards, pretty much the Chargers could do whatever they wanted with that. But outside of that and beyond that, they couldn't really uh, uh, reliably get the ball downfield, not in team drills at least. And then they ran some hurry up as well as some red zone slash goal line drills And what we saw on all three of those possessions for the first team offense for the Los Angeles Chargers was a goose egg. No uh, opportunities getting into the end zone. We saw the Saints get into the end zone on those, a run by Alvin Kamara, got a touchdown over in the offensive side, all that. Uh, But we have seen now the New Orleans Saints defense just completely erase that Chargers offense when in scoring position. The one exception being uh, a big catch and run that happened early on in team drills, but that was before they got to the situational work. And then we had a, a, a with the second team offense, a you know tight end or wide receiver that got wide open in the middle of the field two plays in. Um, the other thing that we saw was a second team attempt at marching the ball down the field, kind of a hurry up two minute drill type of a situation. And the Saints defense just blanking that team a four and out you're off the field. Goodbye. See you later. And then they brought in Max Duggan to finish out the rest of that situational one. The first team defense or offense, when they went up against the Saints first team defense in that same scenario, uh, came up with a field goal attempt, 47 yard field goal attempt after kind of nickel and diming down the field. The first kick hit the crossbar and bounced out. So it was no good. But there was a timeout taken to kind of ice Dustin Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins came back up, was ready to kick the next field goal, kicked it and was just straight up short this time. And I think the wind had a lot to do with it. It was a breezy day, particularly you know as you got higher in elevation. Some of the folks who are sitting at the top of the bleachers, you can see like hair and shirts whipping around. Those of us down on the ground, we felt a nice cool breeze, right? So I do think that that had a little bit to do with it. But either way, the Saints put them in that position to not be able to come through with that field goal. We saw two sacks from Peyton Turner. We saw a sack from Cam Jordan. We saw a sack and a big tackle for a loss by Malcolm Roach. 
We saw a sack by Tano Passanio, a sack by Isaiah Foskey. I mean, the New Orleans Saints defensive line, no matter how you slice it, dice it, first team, second team, whatever, even down to third team, these guys were getting in the backfield. Prince Amelie had a sack on Max Duggan at one point. Adrian Fry broke up two passes against Max Duggan. It was just a really, really top tier performance by the New Orleans Saints defense. Was it perfect? No. Like I mentioned, the Chargers are able to move the ball at will in kind of the short area. But as a defense, one of the things that Cam Jordan talked about was that it teaches you to be patient. And they learned to be very patient as the Chargers decided to nickel and dime their way down the field. Not a bad situation for you to be in at all if you're the New Orleans Saints defense. So a big day one of joint practices, day one of two of joint practices for the New Orleans Saints defense here, who also showed some interesting looks. They showed a dime look, which includes six defensive backs with only three down linemen and two linebackers. They would usually go with three down linemen, but then t- or four down linemen, but then take another linebacker off the field. So kind of going like a 4-1-6 instead of a 3-2-6. That's the number of defensive linemen followed by the number of linebackers followed by the number of defensive backs. So interesting to see that. Um, that unit included guys like uh, Bradley Roby and your starters and Marshawn Lattimore and Paul Sinadi or Alante Taylor was actually in that rotation today, but also included like um, Jordan Howden, the rookie safety who got involved there. So lots of interesting stuff there. Um, it, it wasn't super successful, if I'm being honest, even against the pass, not super successful. So I, I think the Saints were most successful in their usual nickel look. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot more of. All right, let's take a look at what's coming up next, which is going to be looking at the New Orleans Saints offense. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave put up some big days, but the New Orleans Saints offensive line, particularly into the second unit, still needs some work. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Nutrafol. Look at me with my bald head. You see the photos of me. You see me on YouTube. You see me out at the practices. I'm wearing a hat all the time. Don't be like me. Don't be like me. If your hair is thinning, that means that there's still time to do something about it. So I want to tell you about Nutrafol, who's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, as well as visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, metabolism, and so much more. You can take the next step towards visibly thicker, healthier hair. Unlike me, uh, for a limited time, Nutrafol is going to be offering our listeners $10 off their first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. I'll tell you a little secret. It works Nutrafol.com slash women as well. Find out why more than 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Promo code locked on NFL. Once more, that is Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code locked on NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints defense dominated while the New Orleans Saints offense had a lot more back and forth with another very talented defense in the Los Angeles Chargers, but that didn't stop wide receivers Michael Thomas and Chris Olave from showing out. Appreciate you as always to everybody who is catching the show live, catching the show later, all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Can't do it without you. Wouldn't want to do it without you as well. Let's take a look next. Stanley, I appreciate that, homie. 
Um, as we look at the New Orleans Saints offense, I want to highlight Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. In, in this morning's episode, I highlighted Michael Thomas as a guy that would have a big week. And one of the reasons why I thought that was because of the competition that this presents, right? The opportunity to line up against another team in a very game-like situation. You're going to be put in situational aspects, you know, a hurry up, uh, a red zone, a, a two-minute drill to win the game at the end, some goal line stuff. So it was great to see a whole bunch of that for the New Orleans Saints and for the offense to be able to um, show you what it is that they could do off of it. So let me let me just highlight a little bit of what we saw from Michael Thomas today. Michael Thomas, Derek Carr connecting in the uh, intermediate area on a crossing route. Uh, Michael Thomas also went three and one in uh, two, not two minute drills, in one-on-ones, uh, one-on-one opportunities. He said that he wished he would have been able to go four and oh, but he'll take three and one. The first one was uh, with JC Jackson complete over the middle for an intermediate gain. Uh, then he had an incomplete over the middle. That one was from uh, with Derwin James in coverage, the star safety there. They then got back together, Michael Thomas and Derwin James. Michael caught that one for uh, a short inside route, according to my good friend, John Hendricks, who watched the offense while I was watching the defense in these. And then we saw Thomas absolutely cooked Derwin James on a route inside towards the middle. So a big day for Michael Thomas in one-on-ones. We also saw a completion in uh, team drills when he was matched up with Asante Samuel Jr., which Michael Thomas is like six foot two, six foot three. Asante Samuel Jr. is like 5'10", 5'11", 180 pounds. So Michael Thomas should indeed uh, win that. Uh, they weren't able to connect he and Carr on a couple of intermediate routes, things like that. But then you were able to find the crossing mount for the intermediate game. Uh, you were able to get him over the middle in the two-minute drill, uh, connected with him one, two, three times, or actually twice in those, but unfortunately couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the fade in the end zone that they wanted to get there. Uh, but Michael Thomas looked really, really good throughout the day today. Chris Olave was also outstanding today, particularly during one-on-ones. Um, after the, the, the first one-on-one went incomplete, he just kind of went off, uh, fade route down the right, right side for a touchdown matched up with Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, even though he was being held on that route, he then got another quick, uh, win against JC Jackson, another quick win against, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. A touchdown on a post over the middle when guarded by Asante Samuel Jr. So Chris Olave was just lights out all day. The dude is a stud. And I've been so close to saying this for days and days and days, and I'm finally just going to say it now so that you know. Like, if you've got an extra five bucks and you've got a FanDuel account, take yourself over to FanDuel and just put five bucks down on Chris Olave as Offensive Player of the Year. Don't be mad at me if he doesn't win it. But everything that we're seeing so far is Chris Olave just be absolutely lights out. So really, really cool to see all of that. Um, the next thing that I wanted to look at was was pressure. So we saw a couple of sacks on Derek Carr throughout this day, um, but Trevor Penning was not the issue. And I know that Trevor Penning is kind of the one that everybody's watching because it's like Penning lining up against you know uh, Khalil Mack and then also getting some opportunities up against Bosa and all this other stuff. Didn't seem that it was any of them. It seemed either supplemental pass rush or, or, or things going on from the middle. Andrews Pete was back today. I don't know how much those those sacks can be contributed or attributed to him, uh, but you know they did get their starting offensive line back out there. So you might hear some things about the Saints' offensive line struggling, particularly second and second team. That's not untrue, but it doesn't seem that it stopped the offense necessarily from being able to 
uh, produce uh, all throughout. So, and, and Trevor Penning in particular, just as a note for you, so you have it, did perform well despite the talent that he was going up against. Apparently, though, the receiver that had the big, big day uh, was Kawan Baker. Kawan Baker apparently was excellent throughout. Looking through his one on ones, uh, I've got a win against uh, Mullen. I've got a win against, no, actually, this one was incomplete, but I've got a win uh, against Mullen again. I've got a win against Lane. So I've got three and one over his four opportunities there. Uh, we see a couple of completions for him in seven on sevens. Uh, you're able to get him on a comeback route for a good gain. And uh, despite pass interference on the play, uh, there was a first down uh, deep or down the left sideline uh, on one of these plays as well for an intermediate game. And then you had a touchdown from him over the middle from Jameis Winston from the eight yard line. So this was a little more of a um, was a little more of a um, like the, the goal line work for the offense. So Kawan Baker showing up big time. And look, there's a battle right now. Wide receiver four, five, six, or just four, five. Guys like A.T. Perry, Shaq Davis, they've continuously made their claims for it. But now maybe Kawan Baker's kind of entering the chat, even just as like a, a, a practice squad option that they can turn to later on down the line if they needed to. So uh, really, really good stuff. Um, the big thing that you're watching for is just can you be... Can you keep the offensive line healthy so that you keep kind of the, the second team, third team guys off of the field, but also can you improve the play of those second team, third team guys, or even find new players to bring in over the course of camp or after those preseason roster cuts that might be able to actually help you out there. So there's a lot of different ways that the Saints can address that, and I'm sure that they will. But as of right now, that might be the place where I feel like this offense is a it, it, or really team, right, is the most shaky. So Looking forward to seeing how the New Orleans Saints continue to address that part, because without the offensive line, you're not going to have any of your offense able to cook because you ain't going to be able to get anywhere uh, without that O-line. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints being on track to get healthier. Let's celebrate a little bit about good New Orleans Saints health news. we got that coming up for you, as well as some more news and notes from today's joint practices as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints here. In California, New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Chargers joint practices. Part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrap it up today's episode. That was fun. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Take a look at good health news. Good health news for the New Orleans Saints. We're looking from our notebook. I probably don't need it. I know this stuff by memory. Uh, but... We saw some big returns for the New Orleans Saints today. Uh, Kendra Miller back out on the field. We actually saw him out on the field on Tuesday. I think I told you about that uh, at the New Orleans Saints facility, but he didn't participate in anything. Kendra Miller was participating, 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 participating throughout camp. Um, he was in full pads. He was out there running drills and individual drills, things like that. Uh, so it was good to see all of that. He did have a brace on his right knee. Uh, he did not participate in um, what do you what do you call them drills like like team drills and stuff like that. But that's okay. It's still great to see him out there. Uh, similarly, Kirk Merritt was back today participating um, in individual drills, warm ups, all that stuff. Uh, tight end Lucas Crow was back. Uh, offensive lineman Andrus Pete was back. He returned to practice. Demario Davis was out there, like I mentioned earlier. He didn't participate in like the seven on sevens team drills stuff like that. But he was there. Rashid Shahid made the trip 
He wore his jersey. Cesar Ruiz made the trip. He wore his jersey, but neither of them were in pads or participating. So it was just good. It was just solid to see like all of these players come back to uh, the roster and be here in California and be here when the team is ready to get started. So what we what we heard from uh, Dennis Allen is that on Tuesday is that Kendra Miller may be available to participate in Sunday's game against the Chargers. Now, we'll see if that's the case, but today kind of gave you a little bit more optimism towards that. And we didn't see any injuries. Um, Chris Olave kind of went away after a little while. We don't know if that's injury related or if that was just like, okay, buddy, you've done enough. You're good. You're embarrassing people out here kind of thing. Um, But it didn't seem to be an issue when Dennis Allen spoke with us or anything like that. So it seemed like it was good health today, which was nice. And then, and then more importantly, you saw more players come back to the field, which I thought was, was really, really important to highlight. Um, the players that were not out there today were Taysom Hill, Traquan Smith, um, Landon Young, Jesse James, nor uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. Those were the only players that were missing. Uh, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good count because every one of them, except for Lynn Bowden Jr., um, we kind of know what's going on with, and we weren't expecting to see them anyway. Uh, if Lynn Bowden Jr. is somebody that ends up like, remember, they moved on from Kiki Kuti not too long ago to be able to add um, Jalen Smith to the roster. But I'll tell you a guy that has has done some nice things so far, and it's John Trey Kirkland. Uh, John Trey Kirkland is a guy that, you know, he's not necessarily winning a bunch in one-on-ones and stuff like that. He's a smaller guy, but his, um, what he's been doing so far in terms of, um, um, you know, return opportunities, him being the speed guy in some of these offensive units, all that, he actually did have a touchdown on a fade down to the left. Kirkland just lost his defender in that route from Jake Hayner. That was today. Um, you know, they had a pass to him down the seam that wasn't able to be completed, but you had a deep right sideline completion from Jameis Winston, John Trey Kirkland down the right sideline. You had another one later on in that drive, complete in the short area on the right sideline. Um, we saw uh, him also fielding punts, like you just kind of seeing him all over the place. And I think that that goes a long way, right? Show all the things that you can do, uh, and then see if you're able to, you know, find yourself a roster spot or find yourself a practice squad spot. So I think he's done a good job positioning himself while we're watching other wide receivers get cut. Kiki Cootie, uh, we saw the same thing with James Washington, who the Saints recently moved away from. We didn't see Lynn Bowden today. So I, I just think that there's a lot of good, when you see that happen, we highlighted last week that when you see kind of these veterans starting to fall off, but then young guys like A.T. Perry getting better every day, uh, Shaq Davis getting better every day. Uh, John, John Trey Kirkland now is a guy that you can add to that category, getting better every day. That's good news. It's just it's just really, really, really uh, good news to see that. A um, couple other news and notes for you, starting over on the offensive side, um, along with Kawan Baker having his best day. Uh, I, we think that we think that Blake Groupie was nearly perfect today. Uh, he went three of three, three of three, two of three, one of one, and two of two in all of his different opportunities. So he got one, two, one, two, three, four, five different shots at getting in there and only missed one of those field goals, including stuff from the 50, 52 yard range, 53 yard range, uh, as well. Um, so that's that's outstanding, and that that battle keeps going on. I think that what we know for sure 
is that one way or another, Blake Groupie is kicking somewhere during the 2023 NFL regular season. It might not be here in New Orleans. It might be with Sean Payton, actually, over in uh, over in uh, Denver, right? Because they're having their kicking concerns. And I think it's well documented how impatient um, or how not patient Sean Payton is when field goal kickers start missing field goals. So, you know, we can root for Blake Groupie to have another opportunity somewhere if it's not uh, in New Orleans, almost said here, but in New Orleans. Um, Joe Woods was on fire from the sideline today. Dennis Allen, this will be interesting to watch tomorrow. Dennis Allen was exclusively with the defense today. We'll see if that changes tomorrow, but I mean, he is a defensive play caller, so it does make a lot of sense. If he is over with the offense tomorrow, it'd be interesting to see if Joe Woods gets to call the defensive plays during their, you know, situational drills, the two minute drills and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that the most important part or the most impressive part of the Saints defense today was the front seven linebackers and uh, defensive line just playing extremely well. That's not to take away from the secondary. I just think that that front seven unit shined. I think Alante Taylor, though, did some good things for himself to kind of narrow the gap between him and Paulson Adebo at that second cornerback spot opposite uh, Marshawn Lattimore. and then finally, look, I just to kind of put a button on what I was mentioning earlier, I think this New Orleans Saints team and defense is going to be better in 2023 than it was in 2022. Let's say requiring that they stay healthy, right? That's always important context. But as long as they stay healthy, this Saints defense is going to be really, really good uh, this year. And I think that the a big part of it has been their ability to still perform as a run defense while still being strong against the pass. I think those are the two things that have been good. So you'll see kind of the 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 the, the run defense get better, which is the thing that needs to improve the most. But we've watched the passing defense be steady. Like they'll give up some bend, don't break situations and stuff like that, stuff we're used to seeing from a Dennis Allen defense. But I think what we're seeing right now so far is that this New Orleans Saints defense is playing really, really well and should be better in 2023. The Saints defensive line not only got a bunch of sacks, not only got those tackles for a loss, Malcolm Roach had himself a day, but we saw Colin Saunders bat a pass down. We saw Cam Jordan run um, run Justin Herbert, or excuse me, Justin Aber, uh, out of uh, out of bounds uh, on what would have been like a third down in a red zone situation. Like just good things. We actually saw quite a few batted passes. Uh, and you don't expect that from Justin Herbert, who's like one of the tallest quarterbacks in the NFL or whatever. Maybe is he? I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's tall. I mean, I know he's tall, but I'm pretty sure he's one of the tallest starters in the NFL. But they still got their hands on passes at the line of scrimmage. Marcus May batted down a pass at the line of scrimmage, for goodness sake. Like, I mean, this is just becoming a part of what it is that the Saints defensive line is able to do. Um, and so you love to see it. You love to see it. Tomorrow, I'm going to be focused a little bit more on offense. So when we do our live show in the afternoon, which will probably be around this same time, I'm going to be doing a live special over at WWL on channel uh, channel four, that's going to be at 6.30 central time. Then right after that, I'm coming back to the hotel and then we'll do the live show. So make sure you come through for the live show. Check out WWL channel four at around 6.30 for the live show there. Uh, and then John Hendricks and I over at Saints News Network continuing to, to put it all together for you. He's got offensive, um, not, not offensive, but offense uh, takeaways, observations, notes for you over at Saints.media. I've got defensive notes over there for you already. And then tomorrow we're going to switch, switch, switch. I'm going to be over on the offense. He's going to be taking care of the defense. So uh, yeah, we're showing some love to LSU. Make sure you go and check out Locked on LSU as well. Uh, Caroline Fenton and check out Locked on Pelicans as well. The Pelican schedule just came out. Jake Madison's got y'all taken care of over there. So man, 
Uh, fun day for day one. Can't wait to see day two because now these two teams will go away. They'll review all of the tape from the stuff that happened today and then try to fix and be better against one another, which is going to make tomorrow all the more interesting. Can't wait to be here with you. I appreciate y'all as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Going to go ahead and work on a, probably a short morning episode for you tomorrow. And then, um, and then we'll have kind of our full live episode for tomorrow afternoon, but just to kind of get you ready for what I'm going to be watching for uh, at the second day of joint practices. Thanks so much, as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.